Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. Today on Watching Your Wealth, what wealthy women need to know about divorce. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Francis Financial Stacy Francis is here to tell us about some mistakes wealthy women need to avoid during divorce. Welcome, Stacy. Thank you. I'm excited to talk about this extremely, extremely important topic. Indeed, indeed. You know, there's a couple big mistakes women make, and one of them you had mentioned to me is not looking at their entire financial picture. What do you mean by that? Well, you need to look at your entire financial picture because you're making your decisions about the settlement that are going to impact essentially your entire financial life. Mm -hmm. So, for example, only looking at what's in, let's say, the retirement account is like cutting your your right hand off and and ignoring that, that you need that. You need that right hand in particular because more than just retirement accounts, you also have checking accounts, savings accounts. Um, there may be assets such as homes with, with mortgages or even second mortgages known as home equity lines of credit. So you need to look at it all in one versus just focusing on one part of your assets and not really understanding what those assets really mean to you. Great point. Now, you said one mistake folks often make is trading off a financial settlement for child custody. Tell us about that. Mm. You know, Veronica, this is something that is so emotional, so emotional um, for, for particularly women as they're going through the process. And what I encourage um, couples to do is to have decisions specifically about their children and custody decided upon and agreed upon before they start talking about the money. I love that. It's really important. And I, I feel like it's truly key to leveling the playing field for each party to have their needs and their concerns about their children really voiced without having the intermixing of finances coming into it, too. Mm, really, really good point. Now, another mistake you said is failing to understand the cost basis of your assets. Tell us about that one. Cost basis um, is something that you know a lot of individuals have probably not thought about for um, you know, any period of time when it comes to their assets. But when it comes to divorce, it's one of the most important things to know. A dollar that's in your checking account is not necessarily having the same value as a dollar that's in your IRA. Mm. Now remember, when you take that, IRA, that dollar out of your IRA, you have someone sitting there waiting with their handout that happens to be Uncle Sam. And with Uncle Sam, you've got that federal, state, even possibly local Social Security and Medicare taxes. So after that dollar, you could be walking away with only potentially 60 cents or 70 cents. A dollar in your checking is truly a dollar in your pocket. Mm. So it's really important to understand after taxes, what is this asset worth to me? And that goes for not only those retirement accounts, but it also goes for your brokerage accounts. It goes for other assets like your homes. What will that look like for you if you eventually need to be selling down the line? Really important to take the time to understand the tax impact. 
Absolutely. Another great tip and all the more reason to get good uh, financial advice when you're going through all this. Now, deciding financial issues one at a time, you alluded to this before, that's a mistake because you're, you're looking, you know, you're sort of in a bubble if you're doing that. You are, you're, you're 100% right. You're in a bubble. And when you look at your finances, you really need to look at your entire picture. It's just like when you look at your budget, you just can't concentrate on the expenses for your house. You also need to look at your expenses for dining out, maybe for your children. It all goes in coordination, and it's also the same exact focus that you need to think about with when you're looking at all of your assets together. So what's really important is completing that statement of net worth and writing down all of your assets one at a time, and then also completing the other part of the statement of net worth and really focusing on your budget. What are your real expenses for each one of these pieces? Um, That's going to help you take into account income taxes, capital gains taxes, um, investment risk, inflation, all these things that are part of the puzzle so that when you make decisions, everything falls into a place with understanding a, a comprehensive picture about your finances. Now, you had mentioned home before. I know so often I hear women going through a divorce saying, you know, no matter what, I want to keep this home. And you mm-hmm. say that may not be the best bet. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, many wealthy women um, aren't not going to be able to keep their, their mansions or McMansions. They, um, many of them are going to find that that home, the apartment that they have in the city or the vacation home that they have outside the city is just not going to be affordable for them long run. And that can be because there's a lot of debt, um, which many Americans are still dealing with um, large mortgages, or it could even also be the high upkeep costs with maintaining that property, paying real estate taxes and so forth. So looking at your home as hard as it is, Try to look at it detaching your emotions because I know it may be what you think is the best for your children to stay in that home, Mm -hmm. but long term, it may not because you may not be able to provide them the, the life that they really deserve. Absolutely right, especially if you can't afford um, to pay for their education, if that's something you want to do because you're tied down with this mortgage. All important considerations to uh, think about. Now, some other women will also say, you know what, I have no idea how much my husband spends on a credit card. We're getting divorced. It's not my problem anymore. What do you say to that? Well, it always is your problem um, for a couple reasons. You need to know what your husband spends um, because you could end up unfortunately, with that debt being payable by you. Yes. So that means if you're sharing a credit card with your husband and he is going on a spending spree during your divorce, guess what? Credit card contracts are not governed by state law. Mm. Um, They are governed between federal law. And so if your ex-spouse fails to pay off your joint credit card, even though your divorce settlement agreement says it, guess what? You are on the hook, and they're going to come after you, and you're going to find out that it's a painful process, and your credit is most likely going to be decimated as part of the process. So it's a red stoplight for you when you have a joint credit card. Just say no, close it, and open a credit card in your name only so that you're protecting yourself and you're protecting your future. 
Excellent. You're also building up your own credit at the same time, which is a smart thing to do. Important. We've got about 20 seconds left. Any last tips that divorcing wealthy women should be thinking about? You know, as women, we often think that professionals know best. And I just want to give a quick word to, um, to women to watch out for. Many lawyers do not know all the divorce tax issues that are important in your case. In fact, I haven't heard of any um, law schools giving out degrees for finance. So what I would just say is make sure that if you're not sure if the advice they're giving you is 100% correct and you have the full financial picture, that you reach out to another professional to make sure you have that information. Also very helpful. Thank you so much, Stacy. Thank you, Veronica. Have a great day. And uh, again, really important topic. I'm, I'm so excited that you guys are, are talking about this really important information. Thank you. You know, we are too. And Stacey, I don't want to let you go just yet. Would you stick around and take our financial version of the Prowse questionnaire? I would love to. <laughs> Great. You stay with us too. Hi, this is Jason Gay, sports writer at the Wall Street Journal, and I have a podcast called Free For All. And guess what? It's not just sports. We'll also talk about some real estate, some music, some culture, some fashion. I could talk about fashion. It's the Free For All. Become a subscriber on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at WSJ Podcasts. And check us out at WSJ.com slash podcasts. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Now it's time for financial advisor Stacy Francis to take our financial version of the Proust. Stacy, you ready? I sure am. I hope I pass. <laughs> I'm sure you will. What's the best financial advice you ever received? The best financial advice I ever received was to live below your paycheck. What that means is that every paycheck being able to save. And with your bonus, instead of having to have it go towards those living expenses, that you're able to have it go towards savings as well. So that's been the best advice because um, what you save is something you have control over. Um, We know we don't have control over the market, but we do have control over how much we're able to put towards retirement, towards our children's school, and, and towards our emergency fund. Great advice. Worst financial advice you ever received? The worst financial advice. Um, unfortunately, it was from my my grandmother, and I asked her why she stayed in her marriage, which was uh, an awful, awful, abusive marriage, and she said, because of money, mm-hmm. and she believed a man was a financial plan, and mm-hmm. I've uh, really devoted my life to kind of running from that fear, but also trying to teach other women that that's just, that's not the case. Right, right. Fill in the blank. Money can buy? Money can buy unbelievable experiences in life, experiences that you share with your family, the people you love, that create memories, that uh, really give you experiences that make you a better, happier, more fulfilled person. Indeed. Money can't buy? Money can't buy love. (laughs) And that's really important for us all to know. Um, And that means not marrying for money. Mm. And that also means not expecting someone to to love you um, because of of what you have. Because guess what? Money can't buy love. So true. If you won a million dollars, what would you do with it? Boy, Veronica, this is a tough one. (laughs) Um, And I'm going to say something that's not going to be popular Hmm. or very exciting. I would use it to pay down our mortgage. Now, this flies in the face of every financial advisor. I'm I'm sure they're all cringing because that's the last thing you want to do. 
right? Because if you have a really low interest rate, the last thing you want to do is to take that money and, and to pay that mortgage down. But I will tell you that I am a person who believes that even if it makes financial sense, it may not be right for you. Mm-hmm. So I would love to get our mortgage down below the jumbo limit. Mm. And that would just help me feel a little bit more comfortable and also, um, you know, be able to help us even pay down that uh, mortgage debt faster over time. I like it. I'll do what's best for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Stacy. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks. Thanks so much. My pleasure. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of the Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.